0: Welcome back everybody, welcome back to the Phil's recap and review. I was almost gonna say post-episode issues again, but no, that was a yeah, long it's a time
1: ago. Very post.
0: Very post. <laughs> Sopranos, season one, episode seven, down neck. This episode originally aired on February 20th, 1999, and here we are, Matt and Phil, two guys that never laugh when looking at the obituaries, never just giggle or <laughs> circling names we know in the obituaries. Quick, yeah, we're, we're that old now, you know. We're getting there. Quick side story, I once... I once back in I think my freshman or sophomore year of high school. i was I used to do this trick. I think I saw it in Heathers or something where someone where Christian Slater's character was looking at the obituaries and kind of giggling. So I did it in class, and I actually ended up hooking up with a girl because of it because she found it oddly interesting that I was looking at the obituaries. Who's this girl? Uh, we'll t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you about it after this all right, show. All right. So everybody, welcome back. We're here for the Sopranos <laughs> podcast. If this is your first time joining us. Sorry about that little side story, but welcome in. Come on in the water. It's nice and warm. Jump in the chat. Share your thoughts about this episode of The Sopranos or anything about The Sopranos. Because one big thing about this episode is this definitely is one that's going to be fun to kind of look. back. To the future of what happens with a certain character and see some of the things that get set up. One of Matt's favorite characters.
1: Yeah, my boy.
0: His boy. And we're not, and I'm not here alone. Obviously, we have Big Daddy Matt here to join me for the Sopranos podcast. How are you doing, Matt? How have you been? Oh, I'm good. I well, we haven't done this in like a month now. So. I know, I know. I'm sorry. It's been a some scheduling problems on my end, and then Matt uh, getting off his on on off his vacation. But we're we are back here to talk and I had
1: to, I had to focus on hating Star Wars a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. He had to let that rage f- ruminate through the room, but this episode is called Down Neck, and and uh, Matt, you wanted to know. You t- said before the show started, what does Down Neck mean? The title refers to Newark, New Jersey neighborhood, That's what I thought. known as the Ironbound. It's referred to as Down Neck because of the uh, because of the river curves around it, looking somewhat like a neck. Yes, baby face. Phil, I uh, I had to uh, shave the face because if you look on our page, we I did a video called, uh, that is on there, uh, How to Survive the Zombie Apocalypse, and I needed to shave for that, so I'm kind of, uh, I got the baby face, Phil, I look... It, it definitely takes like 45 years off, considering. Oh my God,
1: it so does. It's like my hair's gray, I can't hide it. You shave, and suddenly you look like you're
0: 20 again. It's amazing. <laughs> it's horrible. I mean, if you look close, you could definitely see see some see some problems. But I, I hear what you're saying. It. it I, I went to the store today to buy. To buy something over 18 and I got carded today. I'm like, dude, don't fucking card me. Shut the fuck up. What what do I look like? Ant- babyface Anthony Soprano. Ethan, welcome. So glad you could join us live in Mandat Gaming. Great to see you as well. Uh, I st- I saw the video. It's still so shocked. I know. I also look a little bit creepy, like the guy that might hide in the bushes when I'm shaving. I feel like I feel I look a little bit more friendly with a beard, but with the both the clean shaven face, I think I look just kind of Spooky, but but that's not here nor there. This episode down neck from season one of The Sopranos, I'll get this right off the bat. There are some elements I really do like in this episode, but for the most part, I think this might be my least favorite of season really? one so far. And I know Matt, I love, how, I love how we never quite agree on this, simply because this is the episode, maybe it's because we took a little bit of a break. I really do love the flashback stuff. I love that dynamic of it. The fact of what they're pushing AJ for in this episode and the AJ focus and the future of AJ and understanding where his character eventually goes. I think this episode pissed me off a little bit more because some of the things that they take almost for a joke in this episode later AJ refers to when he's talking about how fucked up he is they turn out to be like these really big issues in AJ's life and I don't know it it just really kind of pissed me off a little bit I do I thought it was the funniest episode so far though if that makes sense it was a really funny episode the
1: reason I didn't and you know my sheer hatred for AJ but the reason I didn't hate it so much is I feel in this I know the future is the future but for this particular time period I think almost all of the AJ stuff is more it's about Tony. It's about delving into Tony's mm-hmm. character. I agree with you. He gets into all of it because of that. So because it this gives the most depth and dynamic to so many different relationships that Tony has in this show.
0: I guess I just feel like, and I, I absolutely hear what you're saying, Matt, and it's attributed s- similar to what I'm about to say. I feel like... In the first season, they were really trying to set up the dynamic of the parallel between Tony's relationship with AJ and Tony's relationship with Christopher. They did it a little bit in this scene. I guess I just never felt like it worked 100% with AJ, and it kind of bothered me on this watch-through for some reason more than it bothered me before. But I hear what you're saying. I think it works in the context of the episode, except for when it's focusing on him, when they have to focus on him to be so sad and emotionally distressed because he can't play Mario Kart and playing on the internet or something. And I, But I hear what you're saying, and I think it is successful in all the Tony stuff. I love Tony diving back into his past, and I feel like some of his... Ways of interacting with the AD, ADD thing is pretty hilarious. I also feel maybe this episode is slightly dated because of all the focus on the ADD and, and how much right, that right. was such a focus of the mainstream in 1999. People were talking about that and in debate on what it was. And there's – it's a big tra- – it's like a transitional episode I think for 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 uh for life man or just the way things went post this episode it's 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 a lot of weird int- things that kind of took me out of it and i feel like i feel like you it's funny we i feel like we have a little bit of a role reversal here i also feel like the the pussy and Sil scene was a fucking tease. We still did not get any poly in this Nothing. episode. And that was my favorite section. I want more pussy. I want pussy everywhere. Give me pussy. Here, I love Tony talking about pussy. I want to see pussy. More junior too. I feel like all this cooler shit is happening in the background, and they don't, they're not quite sure what to focus on somewhere in the middle of this first season. And where I feel like. Season starting later in the season and then starting more with season two, they really focus on a certain storyline. Like, right now we're supposed to be in the midst of the storyline between Tony and Junior's war, and... It doesn't, doesn't seem like there's any problem. Tony and him are sitting for dinner, and then when they bump into each other later in the episode, it's like, oh, we got to get together. We haven't seen each other in a while. You just saw each other at dinner earlier in the episode. It's just all little stuff like that that I, that we'll get into in this episode that kind of were irritating me on this particular watch, watch through. But that being said, Matt, I think it's really, really fucking funny. Tony is hilarious in this episode. It is, but
1: the the thing, too, is I think it you really – you start to understand him and Junior's relationship a lot more. When you see him and Junior interacting mm-hmm. when he was a little kid. And I, um, you almost gain a little bit of respect for Tony as a father because you see what a shitty father his father was and how he really tries to make a difference. He doesn't want to be like that with AJ, and he purposely tries to do that. And he cognizantly is working on, like what does AJ know about me? What does AJ think about me? Mm-hmm. And he does honestly care about that and tries to do the right thing for AJ. Ex-
0: exactly. And this sets up Tony of showing showing blatantly how he's different than his father. That's what I really right. do love about this episode. I, and I want to say, I might be being a little hard on it and saying a couple of problems I just threw out on it. That being said, it's still fucking awesome. It's still, It's still the Sopranos and it's still great. I just... It's hard for me not to focus on what comes after and what comes before there. Lola, hey Lola, and welcome Ren Renwood. It's great to see you and great to see all of our friends in the chat joining us live. If you're listening to the audio podcast and you're not already, please join us on the YouTube channel and subscribe. Join the Google Plus community where all the fun, where all our friends from the chat like to... like to interact throughout the week, and also try to join us for the live chat. You can always share your thoughts, ask your questions. You can email me at igatissuesman at gmail.com. We also have the phone number you can see on the screen right now, 781-990-8509, if you ever want to call in and ask some questions or leave some voicemails for us to play on the show at a later date. So, okay, let's get right into this episode. A couple of quick fun facts about the episode. I mentioned one of them about what the title refers to. The other one is this is the only one. The, maybe this is that I'm just a big sexist. I didn't know this. When I, I mean, I knew this before I said it, but I wasn't saying all of this because of this, but this is the one of the all 86 Soprano episodes directed by a woman. Not that that matters. It's just worth pointing out. Lorene, Lorraine Cena. Also, quick little side note, one of the young kids that chases Tony Soprano later in this episode, uh, t- uh chases Tony Soprano later in this episode is none other than Michael B. Jordan from The Wire and later going on this year to play Creed or to be in the movie Creed and getting robbed of an Oscar nomination. I love Creed, it's one of my favorite movies of this year. If you haven't seen it, Matt, I highly recommend it, especially I know you We've talked about Rocky in the past. Creed's a good movie. Check it out. Uh, but yeah, Michael B. Jordan makes a little little uh, guest appearance here at the beginning as one of the kids chasing Tony.
1: I thought when you said you were gonna be sexist that you were gonna admit that you you found young Olivia attractive in this. <laughs> I didn't know if
0: that's where you were going. Oh like. gosh. I I did, I thought it was good casting for Olivia, but I wasn't into I wasn't I wasn't turned on by you into her
1: threatening to stab you with a fork in the
0: eye, so yes, I was no, I wasn't. Joe Dirty Lux, the phone app chat is finally working. Holy shit. That is good. That is good to know. I know YouTube has been working on it. That's good good to know that it's actually working on the chat phone. Hopefully more people can jump in the chat. And I also forgot to mention, I do have the chat wing chat room open if you are listening to this and you cannot get in. I also want to send a special message to Tom, who might, might or might not be watching this, who sent me a message from the Netherlands on the phone, a text message, who is smart enough to enter in country codes and all that shit. I'm trying to respond back and it won't let me text you back. Google, the Google Voice numbers saying will not allow this. <laughs> so I just wanted to say thank you, and I really appreciate your comment on the chat. So here we go. So the episode opens up in a church with a with kids saying, "Here, take a swig. Don't backwash." And it is a bunch of little kids getting drunk in the church, and ultimately uh, out the sacramental wine. Now I have to ask you, Matt, being someone that went to see, it was would this be a big would this be a big fucking issue?
1: Well, I'm Greek Orthodox, not Catholic, but yes, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. You're stealing the, the, the blood of Jesus. It's <laughs> it's used to, like, perform, uh, make communion, which is the most holiest of holy things that you do. It transforms wine into Jesus' blood, which people then drink. So great
0: yeah. party trick, It's a, and it's a great yeah, party trick. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> it's a good party. So ultimately,
1: they start getting... Sh- it's not just the church. It's the church in the school. So he goes to a... a Catholic school, obviously. It's not like a random church that he's in. It's where he goes to school, too.
0: And then we went to a very fun scene after this that, I can't help it, reminded me of our us growing up and having uh, Coach. D- I could just imagine Coach DeFelice with Matt and I <laughs> in uh, middle school. Boys, boys, show up, boys. Show up, boys. And we come out, and we're just running up. I want to say I have I unfortunately have a very similar situation with, uh, with my good friend of the show, Nick, and myself drinking before I want to say it was eighth grade before going to going to a gym class first period and being very drunk playing basketball and I did this thing called air psychotic where I'd jump up and try to slam dunk on the pull-up bar and just bash the ball off the bar and it hit myself in the head and it was because I was drunk and I just running around going air psychotic so I so this is one of those situations I could very much relate to and and it all leads into the two them vomiting in the gym class. And it's a hilarious situation. So can you, can you imagine what, what would coach, uh, what would coach Difa? Coach
1: Difa? <laughs> be- we had this old coach he's, he was a guy who had been, a, we went, we were in middle school probably in like 1990. He had been a, he passed away last year, but he had been like a, uh, like a gym teacher since like the mid sixties when he could still beat kids up. And he used to make a shower and give us speeches and you know, he'd throw chairs at kids if they weren't doing it. Like, and and it's,
0: it's not, we're not doing the, oh, when we went to school. No, um, no, no. Snow just, he would really throw, like, throw chairs at kids. And he's the it, only one. We're not saying like our school was like this. He was the only he dude. He was the only, was only was one. The, and he would make you come back. I know a little side story, too much information about our life. But then he'd, if you wouldn't shower in gym class, he'd make you come after school and walk. And our gym was, it was sort of like a little maze that you'd have to walk around in a circle. And there was a step ladder. A car a, wash. Yeah, it was a car wash. And he had sure. a step ladder that, stood over the shower and he'd make you walk around it after school and just, what and I don't want to say anything else inappropriate, nothing else inappropriate that I know of happened, but he would watch you shower and make you do it for sometimes for a half an hour, just walk around the shower. Why? He watched you to make sure because you boys got to shower up. Yes. Yeah. So, so boys,
1: boys like Treg, Treg or so he can make it. Boys like Treg take <laughs> showers, boys come down
0: here shower. Real, real Peterman says AJ never had the makings of a real varsity athlete. <laughs> No, 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 he didn't. AJ never did. And I guess that's my general point, too, as a bigger point about the episode. I feel like the actor, the character of AJ, and I don't want to use this as an excuse to rag on him because I think everyone else in the show is so awesome. I think he's the weak link. And I think as a kid, he's a young, cute kid. But in, in child actors, are so tough to cast because you don't know what they're going to turn into. But it's hard because they try to do some real stuff with him. But I think when AJ works is in scenes like this, just being completely a goofy, natural kid, it really feels like, my point, and the whole point of going off that sick story about Matt and I's past, is that this scene really, to me, feels real. And this is one of the best scenes I think AJ does ever play in the series. In these kind of scenes, when he's doing horrible shit in school, when they go and trash the pool in a later episode, yeah. all that sort of shit is when I feel like AJ's at his, be- the actor is at his best. When he starts trying to play the serious stuff or the parallels that they're trying to show, where he might become a man like Tony in this episode, or like the parallels between him and Tony or him and Christopher, that's when i feel like it doesn't work because i feel like he can't really pull that shit off <laughs> lola says oh my god creepy story phil it would it what makes it even creepier is that it's all true mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that, that's the creepiest part of the whole situation and welcome to joe dirty locks who is in the chat i believe welcome joe great great to see you my friend and great job to Joe in the Shit Buddies video. Gotta give him a little huge applause for his work in the Shit Buddies video. Okay, so anyway, so after that whole scene, we go to Tony pulling up at a construction site in the suburban, and <laughs> this is just a—I'm not even sure the context of this or if it has any reference. And this is what I mean where season one was a little unfocused where i don't it's know a throwaway scene that scene didn't even need to happen was it a reference to something in a previous episode that why christopher was there i don't feel i i feel like this is the first time it's coming up it should have connected to something it should have yeah. connected to the junior and the and I, it was a great scene i love i love tony oh maybe that's part of one of the concessions they made that he still gets to
1: uh that's on us to not know that
0: but. right but 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 ultimately let, let's make that let's do a little fan fiction of our own and and claim that that's ultimately what is going on in that situation. So, ultimately, I, I just heard some crashing in the other room. The cats are getting into some nonsense. So, ultimately, Christopher complains that this guy's being ragging on me all day. Christopher and him have a yelling yelling back and forth that's really funny. And Tony, who's just there. because No, I think it's something separate because I think they're only there because the guy owes Tony money. Right. Because to, Tony's just sitting there sipping his drink. And the guy's like, you can send this little bitch away. I got your money. And Christopher goes, call him up and see if his union debts are paid. And and ultimately, they both I don't think
1: it's. I think it's payoff money. I don't think he owes them money. I think it's, okay, you know, it's payoff. Pay they didn't off. get their cut, is my guess. But. Yep.
0: <laughs> and ultimately, it's just a really – I, I the, the best part of it, and I think it comes off to me, Matt, in the episode as we got to get Christopher in another scene. So let's get Christopher in another scene. Right. And we get that wonderful Christopher line, "Halle fucking Lulia, as Chris as Tony gets a call from Carmela, as we're whooshed amazingly into, "Are you sure it was them?" Tony saying, "Are you sure it's them?" It's it's one of the funnier scenes. Maybe I think the later scene with them in the shrink is hilarious, but this is a really funny scene where they're in the principal's office, or the vice principal's office, and they report, it, they're telling Tony and Carmela what AJ did wrong. They were in drunken gym class. uh, Byron Barber vomited all over the teacher. (laughs) And it's not –
1: if it's a vice principal, he's a priest too, the guy that's doing it. So it's like he's more horrified by the fact that he stole the sacramental – blood of jesus christ
0: so. exactly and and Carmela, i can't i can't remember if it's here in the episode or later when she goes off in that hole what kind of person does this what kind of person does that kind of thing anthony the principal principal warns him and uh are you gonna lie to me or get all right uh, excuse me aj basically says it wasn't my fault i didn't do anything and Tony basically tells the principal that A.J. is very sorry, Father Haggy, and he's going to be even sorrier when he gets home. Father Haggy, Haggy suggests that A.J. waits outside. A.J. glances at Tony, who motions him out with his head, so A.J. stomps over to the door with a really fucking bad attitude about this whole situation. They find that he's suspended for three days, but enter the school psychologist that, that they've been watching A.J., and they think A.J. might have a serious problem with some A.D.D., and... It's it's funny how Tony and Carmella's initial reactions. Carmella's like, I knew it, I knew it, I knew there was something wrong, and Tony is more like, Did you ask? Are you checking out any of the other kids not named Soprano here? And it's it's kind of a funny scene. I love the way the two of them both handle this situation. Because in the, in the immediate moment, as we know the way it pays off, Matt, they really immediately go to blaming each other for this. They, right. I like to rag on Carmella, but neither, but neither one of them are good in this situation. They both just kind of push this off on the other one. It reminds me of that Steve Martin scene in the movie Parenthood when they're getting the report on their kid from the principal. And Steve Martin just stands up in the middle of the meeting and he points at his wife and goes, She smoked grass! <laughs> While he was pregnant, it's her, it's her fault. So they kind of they just both look at each other, and it's it's a horrible situation. Real Peterman says trying to medicate the shit out of a normal slacker. Okay, that good point that you want to make, and and but just to top off that scene, basically, Tony. I'm sorry, I just want to talk about the one really funny, a couple of funny lines in this scene. Tony's like, "Yeah, I just need to knock the shit out of him. He doesn't have an illness," and and. Carbella goes. You hit somebody who's sick. You hit yeah. someone with polio. Polio. <laughs> you hit someone with polio. Like, and like- and they both look at each other, and w- the both the principal and the uh, and the psychiatrist look at each other and just go, oh, t- "What the fuck?" Like, you hit t- Anthony and Tony's. Like, nope, nobody gets hit in our house. Not exactly my idea. I don't know what the world's coming to. If you can't do a little taratelle on the kids once in a while, and I, th- I believe that's tap dancing. <laughs> On the kids once in a while. doctor they, The doctor looks dismayed and they go, what a- happens now? Tony asks, should we punish him? And yeah, we should punish him. He did wrong, but we're going to test him for ADD. And I I want to jump in the chat here for one second. Real Peterman says, trying to medicate the shit out of a normal slacker. I agree with you. I think AJ here and for most of the series seems like a normal slacker. Right. Later on. Some of this shit is played that AJ is really fucked up and they didn't know about it. The big question here, Matt, and let's talk about this right now. Could they have saved AJ? Was AJ going to be a douche no matter what? It's hard to, it's hard to say. I, I, I stumped Matt with that. One. He's like, oh, I don't know about that. It's well, is he going to be a
1: douche no matter what? Well, did, listen. Yeah, because Tony never lets, I don't know, Tony has this whole thing, his whole entire thing with AJ is he simultaneously wants him to get this like stereotypical Italian machismo about him and yet stay completely out of the business and not do any wrong at the same time.
0: And that's the problem. Could AJ ever have been someone to be in the business? Or is he just not wired that way? He could. uh, yeah. Yeah, he could be a Jackie Jr. Ultimately, he wouldn't have been anything but Jackie Jr. at at his best. Well,
1: yep, yeah, that we're saying this knowing the way that he was raised and the way that he was shielded and sheltered, uh, and given everything that he wanted by Tony. It wasn't like he grew up rich. That's a difference. Like Tony didn't grow up rich. Like you see the house in this episode where he grew up, and you see even Junior's house. You see Livia's house later on. It's not like how AJ grew up. He never had to like or be tough or get his, you know, he didn't grow up fighting kids, being chased by black kids through the neighborhood. He didn't deal with that.
0: Uh, Lola says, uh, oh, thank you, Lola. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you enjoyed that. We had a lot of fun making that. Matt makes a very special cameo on the side of one of the shots. I
1: haven't even seen this thing yet. I can't wait. I'm watching as soon as we're done. Matt,
0: Matt, uh, Matt, you probably won't even spot yourself, but you are in it in a second. So thank you so much. How to Survive the Zombie Apocalypse Better is a lot of fun to make. I really appreciate that. Ethan says, uh, maybe AJ doesn't want to be saved. That's, that's a good question. She sounds like Cersei, not hitting your kids. Just saying, I I mean, ultimately, that's the thing. Did I'm not gonna say getting hit, but did AJ need a little bit more discipline than you, you can't play Nintendo? Oh, uh, then you, you none of that Mario Kart or being on that internet. He did he really not? And I would say, I could say that probably be a big the biggest problem. Not that he didn't get hit, but that he didn't feel face any real consequences from Tony and Carmella. Other than their yeah, guilt.
1: Also, Again, part of it, too, is just growing up in the suburbs. The, Tony grew up in the city. Those guys all grew up in the city. It's hard. How are you going to get into life when you're out in this, you know? Very true. Very true. When you're a rich suburban kid, you didn't deal with that crap on the street. You don't have street smarts.
0: <laughs> Not to mention AJ has to deal with this at the dinner table. Livia is just going on. Livia is in top five. Form in this episode and we talked about this leading up to this in the past couple of podcasts we did about how Livia since she's moved into Green Grove she may rag on it all she wants she is doing better she's thriving in that community and on high as the hog in this episode feels the most confident she ever did really mm-hmm. feels like she is, they, when they parallel her as a young person, she just feels like now she's the one in charge. She's just at peak form, peak fucking Livia. Livia's at the dinner eating with, talking with pasta in her mouth. Mm, oh, that's a crime that what AJ did, the money you give to them. <laughs> just, he should be able to drink whatever he wants. It's just hilarious. And then Junior's just going off, too. Junior, Junior's fucking amazing in this episode, too. I bet that I bet that gym teacher got a shit of brick when your friend puked on his boots. Anyway. Right,
1: right. <laughs> They're making light of it the way that it would have been done with Tony. If Tony had done that, they would have made light with it, of it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. And Real Peterman says, yep, Tony wanted the best of both worlds for AJ. And yes, guys, if he had gone on that tangent, he would have ended up as f- fake Vito Corleone, a.k.a. <laughs> Jackie Jr., very true yeah i love that scene later on we're, we're, we'll get to it when when jackie's trying to do the godfather thing when the guy's talking to him that's one of my favorite all-time moments of jackie jr when he's trying to put the plan together and and he's like christopher's my friend and the guy ends up getting his ass kicked when he's trying to i'm just remembering he's trying to sell ian uh in, in uh what's her name in the club and i'm blanking on the name of the club uh Fucking d- oh, and in who? The crazy, club? Yeah, the crazy horse. Yeah. The crazy horse. I
1: trying a to- question for you without us having seen it. Worst character, Jackie Jr. or AJ?
0: Jackie Jr. Oh, my God. Jackie fucking Jr. I, but, okay. I think... Uh, I don't, not to go too much on a rant about, about that, Matt. I think... I know. You
1: realize we've gotten four minutes through the episode.
0: Right? <laughs> Ultimately, I think... I think Jackie Jr., the problem with his character wasn't the actor's performance or how the character was written necessarily. It was how much focus was on him in that particular season. And maybe it will be a little different going back. But him and Meadow's relationship is such a huge dynamic of that season because of the having to make up what was going on because of Livia dying. So it's really difficult to, to stomach that when you have so much other good stuff going on. Yeah yeah, uh, the crazy horse. Yes, he's very mad. <laughs> okay. so back to the episode. what uh, going back in this, uh, <laughs> hey, whatever happened to boys being boys? Junior goes on. And ultimately, in this scene, we get. I'm kind of just yada yattering it. I have all the words in there, but but it's worth watching if you haven't already checked it out. basically, excuse me. Both Livia and Junior go on the attack of Tony. Not on the attack, but on the making light of the situation because Tony was a Hellion that used to steal cars, steal lobsters, had a little crew when he was young. When he was
1: like 10 years old, he stole a car, 9 years old.
0: He stole his car. I remember living in that principal's office. Yes, you and your friends were Hellions. And then Tony just fucking yells at Junior, which Junior does not take. And Junior's just like, you're not going to yell at me like a fucking bro. This isn't, you know, you can't just talk to me like that. I'm, I'm copper regime and yada, yada, yada. And Livia's just like, what's going on here? It's a really fun scene to watch how Tony just doesn't want to hear it from these people. Cause he wants to keep AJ in this bubble. He wants AJ not to know who he is ultimately, which I, which again, it's such a difficult thing to talk about, Matt, knowing what comes out because because in the moment, you want to side with Tony. You're like, come on. He's trying to help his kid. Don't say right. this shit. But knowing what happens later and knowing how Tony's more of a – how do you say this? He's more of don't, don't do not do as I say, don't do as I do. And we find more of that about Tony later. Tony preaches – Yeah, but a, if you
1: were a father, you'd be the same way, and I would too.
0: Probably.
1: Probably. To
0: some extent. Oh gosh, Sam says, "Hey, just got there." I, I know it's I'm think we are that way with as dog owners too. I would, when you said that, I immediately went to my dog and I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. You're fucking right." Uh Sam, welcome. Better late than never, hi everybody. And Phil, you look so young Without that's what Matt was saying earlier. It takes off like a few years on me, definitely. I look more dude face. Hey, dude. Okay, so so Carmella hands down the punishment: no playing Mario Kart, no skateboarding, no watching TV for three weeks, and no sit- none of that
1: internet either.
0: Yeah, that internet. No sitting on that internet. And AJ makes a snotty like, no, no. No face. And I think what we're supposed to think here is that AJ's having like a panic attack or something and starting down the road to be depression. But it comes off as him just being a whiny brat and being like, oh gosh, I fucked up and I shouldn't be punished. And I also forgot to make reference that he makes some, some. Term or some he yell, he says something to Tony when Tony's like I don't condone that kind of talk yeah I didn't house. even
1: hear what it was and but they reference it like a bunch later yeah, so.
0: he said he basically says yeah right I think he just goes yeah right and we also get our one excuse me meadow scene of the night where she basically just goes what kind of person are you something like that to AJ at the dinner table so okay so aj can't sit on that internet it's not fair and you also have to ride your bike to go see grandma oh that would be nice it's not fair this is one of the things that aj refers to later when he's in trauma i believe after he tries to commit suicide or something where he goes i wish you succeeded you 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 made me go see grandma and she used to say these awful things you mean when you were sitting there smiling, a dumbass eating your pear <laughs> and didn't seem like it. Bought. I know. I know. Yeah, and almost but,
1: having your father killed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good job. Good job with that. EJ. <laughs> so later in the master bedroom, Tony and Carmelo are getting ready for bed. And OK, this is a little side thing. In one of the articles that I was reading about about the episode noted this. Do you we both are in relationships where we live with our significant others. Do you ever go to bed at the same time as your significant other? Like you both are going to bed at the same exact time? Does that ever happen?
1: Barely. With us no, but that's cuz of our work schedule.
0: Who right. No, if- I hear you, but but on television, couples always go to bed together at the same time. Even Tony. Yeah. No, never. Even Tony who has this like weird schedule is almost every time ta- like I know we're supposed to only see it once in a while, but you know, the next night they're going to bed together. And uh and anyways, Tony says some fucking day and Tony sits heavy on the bed and he goes they just start talking back and forth, and Tony says, I never noticed anything about this. And Carmella says, you never noticed the way he picks at the tongues of his tennis shoes. It's like he can't – It's just, he's just got this motor that won't keep going. He's having wet dreams. I don't know. It's Carmella knows that it's a problem, and then they get into the whole thing back and forth about whether he knows about the mafia. Does he know? And also does Meadow know, which – do you think it's effective what they do here with the quick flashes back to the college episode? At first,
1: I thought it was because I'm watching it through Amazon Prime. At first, I thought it was a glitch in the thing, the very first one. And no, I mean that's stupid. That's it, but that's 15 years old already, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not gonna, you know. It's yeah, not no, it's lo- tough.
0: I agree with you. It's it's tough. It's tough looking at that now and thinking about. At the time, it might have really worked, but for me, at the moment, it was just it, watching it now. I'm a little like, oh, okay, okay, stop that. You don't need to right. do that. I understand what you're trying to do. You don't need to show me that to know that Tony's thinking Three about. Three
1: times, right? To
0: know that Tony's thinking about that once would have been okay, or just the look of Tony Tony's face would have been fine. Jan, James Gandolfini and Edie Falco are good enough actors; they could have pulled it off without that, <laughs> without you giving that to me. They, right? If you had
1: seen the episode, you would have gotten it right away. The episode before when this happened, or whenever it was, a couple episodes. Episodes before. And if you didn't, that didn't help clear up what the hell it right. was at all. You would have just seen a weird random flash of meadow and then Tony killing someone. Like, what the no fuck is going, to yeah, what man.
0: the hell's going on there? Yeah. Right. Uh, Sam in the chat says, AJ is so whiny in this show and he tries to commit suicide? Question mark. I'm sorry. I. I. But you know it's going to be a little, we, we've warned you. He just. gets worse. That's the thing. This is the fucking good AJ. He gets
1: <laughs> worse for six fucking years. <laughs>
0: So I agree with you, Matt. Season one and season two, AJ are the best because he's funny, and he's played more for and comic relief. And he still sucks, though. He still sucks. He's still a whiny little bitch. <laughs> Real Peter, it says, further down the seasons, Greenpeace AJ is worse than normal AJ. He totally is. Re- and question mark, really? Yeah, we're not even going to get too specific. And I and I mean- if, if you haven't watched the show, the rest of the people, get AJ's just- AJ, you're going to laugh. When we're, when we're like two through five or six years from now. But when we finally finish this and we get towards the end of these 86 episodes and we were talking about AJ then, you are going to laugh back Conspiracy theory, AJ. Like, oh, it's awful. There is a Greenpeace, AJ. (laughs) There's a, yes, there is a Greenpeace or a over-environmentally conscious AJ. There is a, as Matt just pointed out, there's the really smart intellect or over-thinks-he's-intellectual misquoting things, AJ. There's the depressed AJ. There's...
1: Oh. more tears are shed on this show by AJ than anyone else on the entire show
0: yep okay so ultimately in that scene we uh, we cut out we go to Tony and Milfy's office <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You go, Matt. <laughs> Milfy's office, Tony acknowledges that aging might have a problem, but he didn't think there was something wrong with his kids, and this ADD thing sounds like bullshit to him, and it's just a way for psychiatrists to line their pockets. And I love how they set up a pause there as 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 Milfy looks at him like, do you know what you're – you know who you're talking to right now. And but at the same time, she also knows that's kind of true. Mm-hmm. And, to- and Tony kind of just, they kind of glance back and forth. And they have, we talk about this a lot, but but him and Milfy, especially this stage in the series, have exceptional chemistry. And it really, really, their scenes really work. And... <laughs> And he says it sounds like bullshit to him. Tony says, if AJ has a disease, why they tell Tony to punish him? Uh, does, doesn't that sound like bullshit? Milfi admits that it's a controversial subject. And sometimes. And he says
1: this too. He goes, if he had polio, would he punish him? And they use polio again. It's the second time. He goes, if he had polio, would I punish him? Who the fuck has polio in 1999? It's been like eradicated for 50 years at this
0: point. <laughs> Dicker says, who's this teenager where Phil should be? Thank you. I appreciate that. And Tony had uh, intimate feelings for Milfies Says real Peterman. Yes, he really did,
1: and it comes across very, very, very well. Intim- it is such a great Tony scene right here. The rest of this, yeah.
0: So <laughs> Tony says, "Our high psychologist uh, on their pockets." And Milfi lets him steam for a minute before he says, "Many children can really benefit from professional intervention." He got in a little trouble. And is that all uh, the norm for AJ? Tony says, "No. I, I mean, I don't know." And then Milphy asks Tony or asks what he means. Tony asks if he has to spell it out for Milphy, Do you see his behavior as a reflection of your own? Tony looks down and doesn't answer for a moment. And you can almost tell he, uh, because Milphy's shoulders, the, sh- you can almost tell he does. Milphy, he's kind of picking his tongue at his shoe. Finally, he repeats that maybe he doesn't want to admit that there could be something wrong. But he's got this thing. We'll deal with it. If he had polio, as Matt said, we'll deal with it. You pick up the pieces and you go from there. So that's what we're going to do. So they nod slowly. And then Milfy reluctantly brings up the fact that their last session, Tony said he had intimate feelings for her. But he hasn't mentioned it this time. Excuse me. I just have to check the phone. Yes. Intimate feelings. And Tony goes, I think I said I was in love with you. How are you doing with that? Tony shifts uncomfortably in his chair without looking at her. He says he can't turn his feelings off just because Milfy says it's a byproduct of their therapy. Milfy said uh, she never told him to do this. Tony thinks about it. And then he goes, well, I already have a girlfriend. She's Russian. She's 24 years old. And he makes the pumping noise, like the jerk-off motion. Melfi just kind of blinks and Tony just goes sleezes and goes, how to? I, I, I'm i surprised that it, it took you so long to tell me that. And, or he, I think he also asked her, how old are you? Yeah, he was
1: how old he, after he says she's 24. And this is Tony trying to turn this around. He's assuming that some part of Melfi Is attracted to him because he's used to that happening. So, this is the yeah, she's 24. How old are you? And it cuts to her face. And you can tell, I mean, how old do you think Melfi is, by the way? 45,
0: 50? Uh, Early 40s, probably. Yeah. I'm guessing probably around, probably a little. Uh, it depends. How old is Tony supposed to be here? And is uh, in his early 40s as well. I, I'd say they're probably around the same age. Maybe she, on the show, she's probably supposed to be a little younger than Tony, but not yeah. m- not much. In the same in the same circle. Sam says, "I love how he goes to the girlfriend and not to Carmela, cause the money well, in the he's trying to
1: throw it in her face that he doesn't have. You know, she doesn't have
0: him." And Ren says, "Cause the money's in the medicine, not in the cure, and especially in sometimes with this kind of with with the kind of treatment." that gets done for not mind what I'm saying here, not real serious problems. But sometimes instead of actually dealing with something like talking through it, dealing with the actual problems in the nineties a lot of the times in this period, it was medication first, ask questions later. And the problem with that was, and I still see it today in
1: school, is kids never develop the right coping mechanisms to deal with it. Because when you can just medicate, you don't have to learn how to like how to cope with what you have and like kind of work through it and get your own mechanisms for getting through like something like ADHD, which isn't like a death sentence. Or something right. A, right. I mean, the, and and
0: you know. I want to make it clear that we're not talking about people that have legitimate, legi- no, and I'm no, not no, saying no. these aren't legitimate problems, but I mean, those real serious conditions that need to take medication to regulate. If, you, that if stuff.
1: you're bipolar and you don't take your medication, like you can't. Right,
0: But we're talking life. about yes. which, and I'm not passing any, not taking serious i ADHD or ADD it's a serious matter that people have to deal with and it causes people a lot of uncomfortability but there's also a lot of coping mechanisms therapy shit like that that can be used to deal with it and just focusing on the positive things that you can do instead of just giving them drugs and being like you're gonna be better i know firsthand some people
1: listen adderall's a wild drug let's be honest this isn't like a,
0: you know (laughs) yeah exactly it's not like it's not like we're not thanking them for for handing it out (laughs) you know you could and not like we're condoning yeah we don't condone that kind of activity here but we're just saying we know it exists out there so this is just a really funny scene between the two of them okay so we cut back to casa soprano tony lies in bed asleep it's like 9 <laughs> 17 in the morning from downstairs we could just hear carmella yelling in the background Whereas where is i'm sorry i just want to change my uh setting over here anthony anthony junior you get up and it's I think we've all been in this situation one way or another, whether it's our parents, whether it's a significant other, a brother, or sister, whatever. In this situation where you're trying to sleep and someone's yelling, yelling as loud as they can, don't stop it. Your father's trying to sleep. Oh, my God. He's
1: blaring music in his room and she's yelling over his music to tell him to be quiet because Tony's trying to sleep.
0: (laughs) So someone says, "Lighten up, guys." Yeah, we got pretty serious there for a second. We we got in the public service announcement territory for a second, guys. Sorry. So Anthony, you get up, and yeah, he's blasting music, and he's thought he's doing what Anthony Jr. with someone like Anthony Jr. does in that situation where he's trying to find the loophole. Or any kid does this, to be honest. You try to find that loophole in what your parents said. Oh, you just didn't say no music,
1: right? That's the only thing because he can't be on that internet. So yep. back. And for those of you who are really young, there was a time when music wasn't on the internet, and you had other ways of getting it. A long time.
0: Oh my goodness! And, and it's re- real, Peterman. It's funny that uh, when I quickly wrote, what you, read what you wrote, I know what you meant, like by lighting up, guys. But I thought you said I like my quick read. I thought it said light it up, guys. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait a second. Don't have to tell me twice. Uh, so AJ bellows back that he doesn't want breakfast. He's not hungry. Carmel announced in that tone of voice that that can that's like. Almost like a dental drill that you have to clean the pool. You can't. You're not gonna lay in bed all day. I, I just love the way her voice sounds there. I give Carmela a hard time because I love her so much, and and her voice reminds me of my mother or grandmother sometimes when she does. You're not hanging in that pool all day. You're not doing that. You stupid little. You're not listening to that that music on that internet. Your father's trying to sleep. Oh my gosh! Instead of going to turn off the noise, she yells over it. <laughs> turn it mm-hmm. off. Typical Italian household. Yep. Typical Italian household. Very true. Or t- and, and or you could say typical, typical uh, Jewish household, typical Greek household as well. It's uh, there's some similarities between between le- b- any kind of family, but generally speaking, the, definitely when I'm around my Ital- Italian side of the family, it's like, Ah, hey over there, shout the legos. there's a lot of screaming okay so here we go after all of that this transitions into really awesome still awesome watching and i love the way they did it with the music tony takes his prozac and he gets the first of many flashbacks of the episode with and we hear the song white rabbit as he's taking the pills staring at himself in the mirror and i gotta say it's been a long time since i heard that song this was uh, the kind of one of the moments, one of the times where hearing a song again in this context made me remember how much I love this fucking song. It just works so well in this episode, even with the closing credits. It comes back at the end when they're making the ice creams, and it's just really fucking cool the way that they use music to set the scene of the past. Considering that this is a TV show that isn't a hit yet in its first season, that really needs to sell the fact that it's traveling you back in time and they do it exceptionally well with music and more so than the way that the the scene looks exactly it's the music the cars the the all of that they do- oh yeah
1: they they do it perfectly you immediately transported there when you go there and it's a weird time because to be a little kid in like 1968 69 it's just a weird time you usually think mm-hmm. of You don't see a lot of scenes where someone's a little kid at that point. They're usually like in their teens in that time if that's what they're going back to. And
0: it's It's a good perspective. I think the only other thing we really saw like that and was at the tail end of it would be something like The Wonder Years where we see it from Kevin Arnold's perspective. Uh, And his sister is all into that stuff. So we see it from his. his, But I agree with you, Matt. It's not something that's usually – You
1: see them late 60s, but you usually see it through a teenagers or Teenagers or or something.
0: Yeah, You don't see it from a kid that really couldn't give two shits about it sort of perspective just walking through it. Uh, Mick Dicker says, that Northeast accent is designed for yelling. Oh, my God, dude. It fucking is. You can't say fuck from the Northeast without fucking screaming it, dude. Working at the gas station for forty-seven years, smoking Marlboros. Yeah, and the
1: reason why is that's why we have all the friggin' Italians live here. There's a bigger <laughs> concentration of Italians in Massachusetts than anywhere else in the entire country. Mm. Massachusetts, New York, and New Jersey.
0: Yeah, which which anything we want to squabble about all of our differences between New York, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Bo- uh, Boston area people, Massachusetts people. We're all gen- like. F- Generally speaking, if you bumped into any, like we're all the same. You'd recognize one of those type of people if you were bumped oh, into them yeah. across the world because they'd be the loud one screaming at the party like with you. I remember when I went out to uh, hang out like out in mid-Cal like Pomona and and uh I forget the other – like a couple other places out in uh California for a while. And I was just this loud, obnoxious person screaming all the time. And, and Phil and
1: Phil when he's off the air is like
0: a calm. Unaggressive
1: human being by nature, so like for him to freak people out in the West Coast is like insane. You know, it's not like Nick Gordon going out
0: there. <laughs> oh yes, and Joe Peppertone scored three RBIs. It was fucking amazing. Love you, love that Joe Peppertone. Let's see, I got a message. Oh, thank you so much. Got a text message. Love the show, guys. It's great to see you back. Who is the, who is this baby face host? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Except- oh, you're gonna have to grow your
1: hair back or else you know Steph's in for some competition here because they can't stop talking about how hot you look
0: oh thank you baby or is it just young you think I think it's young. it's just young. I- yeah it's just young I think I look creepy like this to be honest Bill
1: was with- super sexy when he was younger
0: <laughs> oh no no man you, you you had that long my answer. little
1: sister Elise when she was older when she was like 15 saw a picture of my sister hey, and you at the hey, prom and not- she was like who is that guy with Michelle? He's so hot. It oh,
0: crazy. it's a it's a, it's vomit inducing. It really is. What happened to what happened to me? You know, what the hell happened? Okay, so here we go. <laughs> Let's continue. Thank you, Matt. You're making me blush. Okay. So we find ourselves back in the flashback, and young Junior pulls up at the soprano household in his black gas guzzler and yells for Johnny, Tony's father, who comes out. Great casting. I love the way
1: Junior looks too. It's so
0: fucking cool. It is excellent casting for for uh for for junior it's ex- I love who they cast for jo- johnny boy soprano I- and olivia too i think it all works <laughs> sam says oh we're all the- north we're all the same we're not <laughs> except yankees are better than the red sox well historically it's hard to argue argue with that you know they do have more championships when it comes down to it i'm not a bit- i gotta say like when it really comes down to it i bet matt's more hot and bothered by that i love i love the red sox i i love uh baseball history in general." Yeah, but
1: I, I stopped watching baseball a few years ago. But, but I was a huge Red Sox fan growing up. I'm a more of
0: life. I was always more of a Celtics fan. If I was, yeah. if I'm, if I'm sort of weird about one sports team out of every sports team, it's the Celtics. When it really comes down to, it. because growing up being into Larry Bird, like all that sort of shit, and even extending further with D Brown, the slam dunk, like all that sort of shit, I really love the Celtics. So no
1: one in the entire United States has ever been a bigger Antoine Walker fan than Phil Weinstein
0: ever. You just totally said my last name. Don't say my last name, Matt.
1: Oh, Phil! Yes, I uh, Phil the Issues guy.
0: That's oh It's a my. different Phil I'm talking about. Yeah, of course. There you go, guys. Anyone that wants to, st- anyone that wants my last name, there, <laughs> there it goes, Matt. Okay, so anyways, Tony is uh, young. Junior pulls up to the soprano household, the black Gu- gas gas Guzzler- console for Johnny, Tony's father, and little Tony comes out and asks Junior what he's doing there so early. Junior asks him why his dad isn't out front, and Tony offers to go get him, but Junior just asks if he heard the game last night. Joey Peppertone scored uh, the winning run and he goes, Livia made him go to bed. And we, uh, they come to the front steps and uh, tells Tony to hurry up or he'll miss the bus. He begs them for a ride home that they won't He's get. He's going to have to
1: walk through the black neighborhood, which is a terrible thing for them. Poor little Italian boy, I'm sure, back then.
0: <laughs> Sam like The biggest thing he
1: could like in- induce fear into him with that.
0: Sam says, I'm a huge football fan, but I play fantasy because my original team, Jets, are just horrible. I love football as well. I'm a big football fan, but I'm a Raider fan, not a Patriot fan when it really comes down to it. I do like the Patriots, but I'm more of a Raider fan because of Bo Jackson.
1: And Tim, I was about to talk trash about the Jets, but then the Giants, what they've done to the Patriots is like atrocious. So I can't even yell at New York teams because of them.
0: So. <laughs> and Tim, I'm really sorry about the shaving. I need to do it for the Shit Buddies video. Anyone else thinks that that kid's acting was amazing as young Tony? I do think he did an excellent job as young Tony. I think, I think even though we haven't met. Uh, met Janice yet. I think the actress that played Janice did a really awesome job capturing a young Janice for who we're going to meet eventually. So... I also love how Livia's given Junior shit. Nice car, big fancy car, Junior. How you doing? I love her voice. And I love all of that. Young Tony heads to school on foot as he rounds a corner, he sees the bus pulling away. Hold on.
1: Not only does it go, because his father refuses to give him a ride. He says, I'm to get a ride, and he doesn't. And this is how we first start seeing, A, how nice Junior is to him, and B, how shitty Johnny is to
0: him. Exactly. And which sets up a big dynamic of later in the episode when he discovers and kind of remembers his relationship with Junior and 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 partially why he probably always in some level will always forgive Junior. Even even at the end of the series, like where we, I don't want to talk too much about that, but ultimately he does go to Junior. You know, he, he always wants to believe that Junior loves him on some level. So now we're back to the bathroom and Tony stands up straight and stretches out in front of the mirror. was like, <laughs> feeling like, oh, are you okay? I thought you were sleeping. And he goes, who the fuck can sleep with all this shit going on? So then we go to Milfy's office and Tony relates that he started thinking about Jefferson Airplane. Can you believe 1967? And it made him think about his father. What about him? First time I ever saw him whack the shit out of somebody. Oh, I forgot to mention in that scene, he uh, he sees his dad later. And did I did I go over that, or is was that in a later flashback? When we no, no, there? that's
1: that's right there. He starts go walking to school, and as he's walking to school, oh, that's His father yep. and junior pull up in front of someone, and they, there's a guy on a street corner. If you've ever seen um, a Bronx Tale, it looks just like that on a street corner in New York, in that same time period, like late 1960s. And you see this guy start running from him when Junior and Johnny pull up next to him and Johnny catches the guy who's Johnny is Tony's dad and just starts beating the hell out of him in the middle of the street. Junior gets out, joins in and little Tony, how old is he there? Seven, eight years old?
0: Yeah, something like that. I think 10, maybe 10.
1: And they just see, he just sees his father who he has no idea what he does for a living to beat the hell out of this guy.
0: Oh, yes. And Real Peterman said uh, we missed that part. Yes. Thank you so much. And and uh, because I thought we missed that in that situation.
1: He he breaks a flower pot over his head at the very end of it.
0: Yeah, it's almost it almost feels a little bit like, again, like you were saying, The Bronx Tale. Also, that scene when Sonny Corleone and The Godfather comes and beats the shit out of the guy uh, on the street corner. It's it's a very familiar mafia kind of setup. Scene right. where we see uh, Tony beating or Tony's father beating the shit out of somebody. So Milfie's office, he's relating the story about Jefferson Airplane. What about him? First time I saw him whack the shit out of somebody. Milfie said what made him think about this. Tony thinks it has something to do with what's going on with AJ. Milfie asks him why Tony's father whacked the shit out of some guy. <laughs> and Tony says he'd uh, never seen his father do something like that. Oh, he used to whack us kids around a little bit. And Milfy gets real concerned. Really? And Tony goes, nah, the belt was his favorite child development tool. Tony goes on to say this was different, though. You could tell he was knew what he was doing. He was good at it. He, he was said. good at it. He was careful. And Milfy asks how Tony felt about this. And after I didn't want him to come do it to me. <laughs> no seriously well what do you want me to say i'm glad he wasn't a fag what and tony just keeps going on and Milfy kind of smiles at him i also want to mention in that beat up scene how junior comes over later and starts kicking after johnny's already got gotten- driving the car that's why yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so tony who's just in pure tony deflect mode there Milfy gives up on that and kind of pushes in tony looks down fiddling with his pants and uh and he says I liked his father. His father taught him how to have a good time, taught him how to eat shellfish, clams and oysters to suck them down. <laughs> and he kind of was changing the subject and smiling about it. And then he also says my mother never eats, he never ate anything uh, raw. Never, my mother ate it. And I love how he says that too. He changes tone. My mother it, never ate anything raw. But my father wasn't around that much, and uh, he used. He was to- a good guy. He says he was a good guy He's and. A good guy.
1: He was proud of his father for beating that guy up. He thought it was cool that he had done that.
0: Now, do you think that in the first couple of episodes we get a feeling of the fact Carmela is saying that your father wasn't perfect, your father had his problems. Tony never really gets Livia n- says this or Carmela. Carmela says this to Tony, but she, then she goes, your mother's the real problem. Do we th- does Tony romanticize his father because of because of his father being a legend in his business? in in the same way or was was Livia really the real gangster the real villain of the family as much as Tony puts is Tony piling on because because in some ways I know Livia says and does some horrible shit but is is that warped by memory of Tony did I mean he he conveniently how much
1: do you trust Tony's memories That's right the thing how much do you flashbacks I
0: believe some part of me believes Livia when she turns to Tony and says things to him like you remember what you want to remember what what point ever did your father not really do what he wants to do? And I know, like, like he, she would never actually smother her kids. Johnny knows that, too. But Tony plays it like it's this big, huge thing that Johnny did. Because it's Livia's fault Johnny didn't take the opportunity when Johnny probably would have been the type of guy that would have said, fuck Livia if he really wanted to do it. He just wanted the support. I don't know. I'm not saying I think this for a fact, but on this watch through, I'm a little bit more sympathetic on that. Tony changes shit to his own narrative sometimes. And the, and maybe in some of his interactions with Olivia, he's imagining this and to go, how I met your mother is kind of like Ted, the unre, the unreliable narrator a little bit and remembering some of this to suit his own needs. Olivia seems very cartoonish in this memory and very, yes. very over the top villain. And his father's like, ah, Shining light coming through the sky, you know, being carried out, ragging on the cops. Fuck you guys. Um, I'm dad. I think he, she is just a bigger piece of the puzzle than, he, than he portrays. And McDicker, I don't know why she looked Pretty crazy with that knife pointed at Tony. Yeah, she was pretty crazy. And I got to say, like, I have this like horrible memory of my mother with her like nails getting ready to scratch me. It's like horrifying, but like it, it happened once or twice. But I wouldn't say she was a horrible person. Oh, yeah, whatever. Okay, so Milfy sits there waiting a moment after Tony sheepishly admits his father dabbled in numbers, loan sharking, extortion. Well, it's nice to have a hobby, Milfy jokes. <clears throat> Then, then she pushes with the AJ stuff, and I love how he quickly changes the subject when she goes, "Are you worried about AJ finding out about your business?" And he goes, "Just don't talk to me about legitimate business. Don't right. t- don't talk to me about that."
1: There's there's uh, he rambles. Chemical up, companies dumping all sorts of terrible chemicals all over the place, poisoning the earth. So how is what I do? Yeah, Matt. There's well, deformed.
0: There's deformed babies and stuff. He, he's yeah, like, exactly. He sounds like Olivia. He basically right. he basically echoes Livia's type of thing and uh i don't know uh, so much fear and how are you gonna handle that tony's getting annoyed and she kind of pushes did you has you ever talked to your son about this and tony goes nope well do you want to nope have you ever talked to your father about this are you kidding me <laughs> right like it's absurd that you would ask that yeah don't talk to me about illegal what about chemical companies to form yeah it's ridiculous And don't get me wrong what I'm saying about Livia. I very, I think Livia is a manipulative, evil fucking person and really knows how to play people.
1: She's your favorite. You're a sick fuck I, fuck
0: I fuck am. Olivia is my favorite. Livia you really, Livia.
1: really like her. I
0: love characters like that. I really do. It's part of the reason why on Deep Space Nine, Elam Garrick's one of my favorite characters. I really like Varys and Littlefinger on Game of Thrones. I love those kind of characters on shows. And I feel- Listen
1: to the tone in Phil's voice when he talks about Livy. It's like no one else. <laughs> he gets so into it.
0: I do. Amazing. She's so awesome. And I feel like the show misses so much without her. I feel like if she was on this level through the whole oh. series, it would have been this show would have easily been I could say the best series of all time it's just she's so good okay so and young Livia too but okay enough of Livia let's get to butterbean girls and thongs (laughs) so so in the back room I just I'm sorry that deformed babies line I can just hear that in Livia's and you're not going to that city where they throw babies out windows (laughs) you you and the babies out the window mom always with the babies out the windows Real Peterman says Livia looked hot in the flashback. She really did. She was that pl- she played by that actress that's a, I don't know her name, but she was on Law and Order episodes. I forget I forget it, but I do remember. Her. That's everyone that's ever. I know that's story. so vague. I'm su- I am such a that girl from Law and Order. in oh, like you
1: mean- <laughs> seasons?
0: <laughs> yeah, that guy that was in the thing. You know the dude. <laughs> What's the score? Zero zero. Who's winning? The Bears. So- <laughs> So we're in the Butterbean Girl, but we're in a Butterbean Girl. I'm sorry. My fantasy just, just got di- dictated reality. <laughs> I was thinking of Olivia and her flashback. Yeah, and next
1: thing you know, yeah you're picturing Olivia in the Butterbean. You're sick. I six, know. Six, I yeah. actually
0: have her name written down up here just to get more specific because it wa- makes me want to say it. Olivia is played by – what the fuck is her name? Holy shit. Olivia is played by – fuck. It's uh, Lilita. L- L- Oh, Leela Robbins or something. I'm mispronouncing her first name because she has a weird first name. Don't have such a weird first name and I won't mispronounce it. Okay, so we're in the back room and this is one of my favorite scenes of the episode. Yeah, going from
1: Livia right into pussy. That's what he wants.
0: Yes. It's a wonderful transition, Matt. <laughs> going, usually it's the other going from hugging Livia right into a pussy scene. So, in the back room, Silvio pours a shot into Tony's coffee cup and that says they're talking about what Anthony did. That doesn't sound like Anthony. And Tony gripes, yesterday he was a little boy, today I gotta worry about him. While Pussy's lining up a shot on the pool table, Silvio spikes Pussy's Espresso too while complaining that his daughter gives him shit about the Buda Bing and how it objectifies women. He tries to explain to her that the girls in the Buda Bing make 1500 bucks a week, but this bears no weight with My Little Princess. Tony says that's not the same. This is my son. And Pussy weighs in saying, with his profound Pussy way, boys are different than girls. <laughs> and Tony asks Pussy if Pussy's son ever asked about this thing of Oz. And he says, yep, they ask all the time. I lied through my teeth. But they knew. Fucking nitwits love me anyways. And then we get the, one of the greatest lines ever on the Sopranos, just from one of Sills' best lines. It's hard to raise kids in an information age. <laughs> <laughs> to protect them it's just a fu- it's such a hilarious scene right at that moment uh Christopher enter- enters with a selection of uh stolen ladies watches which he pinched from a FedEx van that Silvio and and Pussy love this they're really impressed that Christopher pulled this off cuz they usually hold watch those things tight so it's tough to tough to uh steal but Tony pulls uh what's for- it seemed weird in the Probably in the moment of watching this, it seemed weird, and they react that Tony's having a little bit of hissy fit because he has a lot on his plate. But this is almost exactly how Tony acts about every situation later on, post-season three of the series. Tony has this kind of reaction about anybody doing anything, like a paranoia. It does, it's, that's not what this is here, but it's very familiar of later Tony, where he's, right. where he's just like, Are you a fucking idiot, Christopher? What are you fucking trying to do? And, and they go off. Someone says, who is Garrick? G- Garrick was on a show called Deep Space Nine. It's a Star Trek reference. Uh, don't watch uh, that, but I'm imagining him as being a little finger type character. He is. He's a very manipulative character. Uh, not to get too far in that, but one of Garrick's, Garrick's main mottos is, is, why tell the truth when a, when a lie could do? Things like that. The, the, boy, the story of the boy who cried wolf isn't what it's meant to be. How he spins it is it's actually a story about not telling the same lie twice. So th- that's basically the type of person he is. I'd say Olivia is a different kind of manipulator. She uses emotion t- for her advantage rather than manipulating through lies. She does lie, but it's not her strong suit. Sometimes she, her tactic of manipulation is more through truth. She likes to manipulate by surprising people with the truth and seeing how they react to it and then kind of putting them on tilt. And then
1: playing dumb and acting like she has no idea. Right,
0: that's her game. Whereas someone like Garrick lies to suit his needs. Someone like Littlefinger is also a liar. Garrick is more Varys-esque in that sense of... Mm hmm, really? Oh, a spider couldn't know such things. Why could a spider? Oh, yeah. spider's a weak thing that you can step on. Don't worry about me. So, a little bit different ways of manipulation. Again, as I start getting all fangirl over Olivia's manipulation tactics. Yes, he was a tailor. It's just a simple, he was a simple tra- tailor. He's more Littlefinger than Littlefinger, as someone says. (laughs) Okay, so we go to the psychological test where AJ is getting the psychological test. And the only important thing to mention about this is that AJ is bored in the test and feels like he's to try to relate to the guy. It's probably the most likable AJ ever is, where he just brings up South Park. Oh, South Park number one was on last night. The one where Cartman's had uh, the probe up someone's ass. It comes off a lit like I love it. I love the reference. I love the Mario Kart. I love that reference. But some things like that, when you add them all up, and then you also have <clears throat> another reference earlier in the episode about the time period. That's things that are going on. You could tell the the ADD stuff and what was very in the press at the time. All these things are getting mentions in this episode. You know, they have to mention. They mentioned South Park. They mentioned ADD. They mentioned. They mentioned med- over-medication. But they also mentioned polio twice. Polio twice, which was more of a thing of a different generation. Matt, very, very good point. AJ brings up. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's good. So AJ shut. AJ shuts up, and they and that scene cuts away. Okay, enough of that. So back to Casa Soprano, where Tony says to Carmela, "You're home," and this is one of my favorite scenes in the episode. I I'm just gonna skip over it because, or not skip over it. Uh, skip to the end, not go frame by frame with this. This is the explosion of the scene of the moment where they both just start blaming each other about this. Carmela is reading books about how to help your kid with with ADD because that's the type of person she does. I need to go to the store and get some books about ADD, trying to help. You know, she'd be. No one needs a hobby in the world more than fucking Carmela. That being said, if this was if this episode was now, she'd be on that internet. She wouldn't have had to go out and get the oh, books. Absolutely. So. Or she would have hired uh, some like online coach to help her through it or something. So she goes through all this and she's reading the books and Tony is like making fun of her a little bit. And she's giving him shit because she's pissed off because she's kind of blaming him for his big. She's
1: worried that he's going to need special ed because she has no idea what ADD is. Like Phil said, it's like a new thing. It's not like what everyone knows what it means. Tim says polio. there's a fifty percent chance he may need
0: special education services. Tim in the chat says polio is making a comeback, guys. How many books did Carmela buy? She bought like the bookstore. She she looks like all those cheesy eighties movies when you know you're having a baby and someone someone you go to the house and or and, uh, and the guys like got a stack of books this high. He's like, oh, I'm gonna learn how to be a dad. It was almost like one of the moments like that where Carmela. This should have been a, a, an outtake with her falling in the front door with a pile of books. <laughs> Meanwhile, they haven't diagnosed him with
1: anything yet. She's just And that's all Tony Carmella about it.
0: And that's all Tony's trying to say. We don't even know if he has. I I have to say Carmella kind of came out of left field with this being like completely rude to Tony. Like Tony didn't excuse me, go out of his way to bring up her her crazy uncle Lenny and having that Ubats in her in uh their family line. Carmella started it with this whole he's your fault. You're just like him, blah, blah, blah. With that continuous on of what we saw in episode one, you're going to hell when you die, shit. And kind of the furthering of that. Excuse me. I,
1: let me bring something up quickly. I've just remembered Please. this right now. When they're lying in bed, that whole awkward scene when they go to bed at the same time, this was strange to me because I always, I wondered early on when we were rewatching this, if Carmela, I guess after episode one, really knows everything about what Tony does. But she says, we'll have a talk with him about the business.
0: Yes. She, she talked to, uh, um, your video
1: just cut out on my end, by the way. Oh, I'm know.
0: sorry. Sorry about that. I was, uh, I had, I had a moment of, uh, technical difficulties for a second. Oh yes. I understand. <laughs> I had some technical difficulties. So, uh, so I, yes, they do have that scene. A uh, good one, Matt. I forgot to mention that at the time. Whereas, because it
1: seems weird where she's like the business, like she's part of it is yeah. when she said that to him. It it's, seemed... it
0: seems more, we talked about this in the first episode of how in season one, Carmella is a lot more culpable in the business than she is in later seasons. She either, by nature of the character, separates herself from that for plausible deniability or she, I think it's a conversation she has with Father Phil or maybe the later later father or the rabbi guy or something that she talks to when, when she gets the bracelet and she's covering it up and he basically says to her, take as much as you can take. Don't push yourself further. Don't, you right. know... Just you know where is too much for you. And I think it makes sense to her character. But here at this point, she is even more hypocritical than she is later on in the sense because she is so culpable. She considers herself part of the business in some right. ways so good one don't let carmelo off the hook she knows everything about att Carmela just needs more <laughs> carmelo just needs more Five versus tim and he also says hey guys i might have already said this but it's i have to repeat it again guys polio is making a comeback oh my gosh that's that's horrible okay so here we go <laughs> love you tim you're a fucking awesome buddy okay so Let's let's continue. Carmela basically says I have two eyes, I know what kind of person you are. And Tony, Tony's reactions hilarious. Oh, you mean like father, like son. What happened to Daddy's little girl? What about our daughter? She's fucking awesome. Right. And reasonably speaking, if we want to break this down cuz I don't want to take sides here in this family squabble, but we mentioned this before, when it really comes down to it, even though Carmela I'm sorry, Meadow got the best of both worlds. If we're playing the twins, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, how they're like Julius got everything good and you got everything bad. Like, like I think they're both kind of Tony-ish in some ways, but I feel like AJ got all Tony's bad personality traits and some of Carmella's stuff, I guess, too. A little bit of that like whiny bitchiness and entitlement kind of hypocritical nature. Whereas, whereas Meadow got all. They both of-
1: need a good ass kicking, Carmella and.
0: Carmela and <laughs> I don't know. Good, I, I wouldn't mind slapping Carmela in her bottom a couple of times for fun, but that's beside the point. It's I feel like we're in Meadow. She got the best elements of both her parents. She has Tony, or how we're supposed to accept Meadow. She has the crazy, the crazy quick mind that Tony has in business deals, and she also has that drive Carmela has in this like. Like a g- good way of being able to schmooze, and she and she, she can play the bu- she can play bullshit the way the way Carmela can, and so she's got the she's got a really good balance. <clears throat> well, they both got boobs, <laughs> so Tony has some serious moobs, too. <laughs> okay, so we. This is just a funny scene. We, we talked all about it. Tony and Carmelo ragging on each other. I love their scenes. It's going to explode in season four as we progress towards then, but it's it's a lot of fun here. Okay, so we cut to our opening joke here of, uh, Car- of, <laughs> of my girl Livia reading death notices <laughs> through a magnifying glass it's just hilarious and aj shows up <coughs> excuse me and she like pinch- pinches his cheek like miss lane is like oh come here come here come here you're so cute and and goes uh come on and another woman's like why is he not in school cuz he's a bad boy and i love how she says that too and then she whispers to aj she had a stroke <laughs> after the girl goes she's a big one And then she wants to play Scrabble. You'd be surprised how good your grandmother is. And AJ goes, no, no, I just, I'm a little depressed because I went to a psychiatrist. You went to a psychiatrist? No, no you didn't. Yeah, you did. No, you didn't. No, no, I went to a psychiatrist. You went to a psychiatrist? Don't you know that's just a racket for the Jews? (laughs) That's the best line. It's a racket for the Jews. It's just a racket for the Jews. And Lydia repeats rep- rep- goes, she's horrified because I got suspended. They sent you to a psychiatrist. And then AJ, oh my God, if we only have to look a few episodes, AJ being the dumbass of the year, just drops the bomb. Or maybe he's, well, I guess, I guess, I mean, he shouldn't, maybe he shouldn't. I keep I want to say he should know not to say something, but he doesn't
1: this is the problem but that's with the problem being raised in the like he has no idea what that means. For anyone to find out that he goes to a psychiatrist in that world, right. and that's the problem.
0: And I, I guess that's my point. I was I was gonna, I I gonna kept wanting to say he should know better, but he really shouldn't. There's no reason he should know better. No. And there's not – because A, he overheard it. They didn't talk to him that, oh, to, your dad's been passing out. He's going to see someone to talk to. Don't say anything to anybody else in the family. You know, this is uh, – we want to keep this in our own personal circle. They, they could have had a family discussion about it or something, but AJ spied on it. And he, because he knows nothing about the family, he just is rationalizing why it's okay that he's going to a psychiatrist too. So He doesn't even
1: look Italian. He Like, he doesn't fit it at all. Like, he would have known nothing about this. That's why he couldn't last, like, in the business.
0: No, he looks, he does not look Italian at all. When it really comes down to it, the actor, he's out of the... All of the people in the surprise. Meadow's the most Italian-looking one there. Meadow is. does. So so does so does Tony, and so does Carmela uh, yep. in her way. I know a lot of my Christopher I, Jesus. Christopher Christopher really does. Sil and Pauly. and Polly, but AJ looks like a little Irish twerp in the all of it, yeah. in the middle of it all. He's got the he's got sort of the uh, he looks like extra fat Elmer Fudd a little bit in these early yep. scenes, and he's got the real 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 light like complexion and stuff. So he he was. He's what that's part of the reason why I have such a problem with him too. It's I feel like he was bad casting as AJ, as as the young soprano kid, as as Meadows' brother. Cause they just I don't know. Whatever. It's it's irrelevant. Nitpicky a little bit. Just kicking him when he's down. So, okay, then we get into a AJ is just too stupid. Not that clever says real Peterman. That's why AJ's on par with Cookie Bitch. Fun fact: AJ was played by an Irish. App. I swear I did not look at that comment Mick before I said that. AJ's played by an Irish actor. It shows. He, sh- he looks Irish and that's not yeah. saying that's nothing nothing wrong but he's playing a fucking Italian. It doesn't work.
1: Right. He should look like Jackie Jr. He shouldn't look like he yeah. does.
0: Cookie bitch is from The Walking Dead. Uh, if, if you haven't watched it, I don't want to spoil who Cookie bitch is, but he's some kid that's just real whiny about cookies in the zombie apocalypse. So uh Tim refers to him as Cookie bitch. All right. Yeah, I I, for further now, will never refer to him as his name, Ron, a.k.a. Cookie Bitch. Anyways, so we cut to uh, the long shot of the Suburban, and AJ asks what that sound, and Tony's like, it's a fucking flat tire. Did you clean the nails out of the driveway this morning like I asked you? AJ, you don't even get that nails pop tires. Like, he doesn't even get that. He's that dumb. He's a
1: Suburban kid. Oh, gosh.
0: So then they basically have a huge discussion about changing a tire. And he's like, well, you should call the auto club. I didn't want to go to my dentist. I Such pr- a bitch. I prayed something like this would happen. And I don't have to tell you what happens with me and my psychiatrist. I don't need to tell you. He just he just kind of makes a snitty face. And Tony's basically trying to talk to him. But Tony's kind of trying to poke, the. Th- I think, to try to ask him if he talked to if he talked to the psychiatrist about anything to do with the mafia, because that's all Tony cares about right now. The fact that Tony brought up mafia shit and he's concerned about this. So he wants to, so he's curious about all of this. And also I want to mention that Tony was really happy when, when Carmella said to Meadow, oh, Matt, it wasn't AJ that they were talking about. They were talking about Meadow. They were saying that they have to have a conversation to talk to Meadow about the family business. Because Tony right. seems really excited that Meadow didn't say anything to Carmella about, right. about the fact that they already talked. Anyways, so Tony gets into his face a little bit about the call. Well, well,
1: quick more defense on AJ. I was just thinking about this, not telling his grandmother. Because he a normal person would assume that he could tell his grandmother that his father is seeing a psychiatrist yes and she wouldn't use it she wouldn't use it in the most demented way possible, possible yeah
0: possible. she wouldn't use it as a way of fucking with him later and ren absolutely correct sam not ron and you're it's funny you say that Ren, because i knew i was wrong after i said it. i said ron if you rolled back the camera i look at the camera weird at that point i'm like ron because <laughs> I knew I said it wrong. So thank you so much for correcting me. I couldn't think of his name. Yes, the wimp that won't come down from The Walking Dead. So is is uh, this Sam of The Walking Dead? Yes, I'm sorry. I, I confused matters by saying Ron. Ron and uh, uh, Sam and AJ could be played by uh, AJ. If AJ was younger now, if he was the kid now, he could play that character. He could be cookie bitch. Okay, so Tony brings up the remark. What do you think? What do you say? He kind of brings it all up, and, and AJ's like, Yeah, some guy. of the kids at school say, They and say, his, Oh, they say stuff. They, they say, say stuff. Uncle Jackie. Yeah. yeah, Uncle Jackie's funeral. It's kind of like Godfather One. And Uncle Jackie was a complicated man. And we also get our first gagoots thing. Did you see me on that web thing? No, I didn't see you. So I'm not one of those people. Uncle Jackie, you know, he was in some bad business, but don't worry about me. I'm okay. And they kind of smile at each other and they get up. So. We go back to Milfie's office, and he says, I'm going crazy with this shit. What he knows, what he doesn't know. He's going to find out eventually. What's the difference? Does it mean? Fuck it. He goes on more quietly that between him and his, uh, him and his father, AJ's ADD is probably all in the genes. Milphy doesn't say anything. He wants
1: to know if it's genetical, is what he says.
0: <laughs> I wrote that below. Is it genetical? I wrote that below in, in the paragraph. Genetical. I love Tony's words. They're the best part of the series, all in all, is the way Tony pronounces shit, the way he, the way, this is an ongoing theme, the way someone else says something to him and he repeats it, it will go off on it, it's fucking great, Tony uses pussy as an example, and uh, we have this, listen, pussy, my, pu- no, not pussy, but I mean my friend, pussy, this guy pussy, he's a stone gangster, and he's got two sons that are going to Villanova, and they're really good people, and and I know this rich businessman uh, and their father was a successful businessman and he cornholed and murdered a kid for fun. So it doesn't make sense. It You know, what the fuck's going to happen here? And Milfi asks Tony if he's holding his father responsible for what he's become. Tony answers easily that, yeah, sometimes he thinks how his life could have been had he not mixed up in this mob shit. Maybe I could be selling patio furniture in San Diego or some shit. And Tony's mentioned patio furniture and things like that before. Like uh, I was like, what am I going to do, sell furniture on the highway or something? does uh so tony fidgets in his seat and he reminds him of the dream that he has and about she reminds him of the dream he had about some about the birds flying off with of his penis and he asks if this is if he thinks it's about aj finding out about tony's underworld ties and he says i don't think so and to, she says listen tony you like the history channel let's talk about you know, th- if you don't learn your history, things are going to repeat themselves. And I can't remember if it's now or later or already past it, but I love when she finally offers an opinion, and Tony turns to him and goes, "She finally offers an opinion." And when they're talking about destiny, is my son just destined to be fucked up? And she goes, "Is that stupid?" No, people aren't. People aren't just destined for things like that. And and uh, and he goes, "Wow, you offer an opinion. It's a very big therapy moment. Sometimes when you're talking to the therapy, you're like." Do you have an opinion? Actually, you're just going to go, hmm mm-hmm. So we go to flashback time again, and it's with him and Junior. He sees Junior, and he smiles at him, and he talks about how how Junior was the one that always threw curveballs, and he really has a love for Junior. We also get a mention of Janice in the scene, too, where he says, I don't give a fuck what Janice thinks. She calls herself Vishnamato or something like that. Fucking wannabe dothead is his <laughs> line for her. It's- so just to kind of speed
1: things up a little bit, we get... Well, what, you, what you notice, though, is he's doing the stuff with Junior that you're supposed to see someone doing with their father. And that is the little things that he's not realizing, but they're putting it in there. You play catch with your father, and he's doing it with Junior.
0: Exactly. So we're getting to know more, more about their relationship and more about the building foundation of their relationship. We also we get another big flashback. The flashback scenes are great. I'm just, I just want to... Uh, want to kind of yada, not yada yada through this a little bit, but ultimately the flashback scenes lead up to this whole big point where Tony is remembering this time where he first saw his father get arrested and that he got really upset because father would take his sister Janice off alone and he couldn't go. And his mother... It's just funny, funny with everything with his mother. But he ultimately locks himself in the trunk of his father's car on one of their adventures, goes out, spies on him, sees that he's at an amusement park and is really fucked up and emotional by this because he feels like his father is doing something for fun excuse me, with a sister that he's not invited. Excuse me. He goes to see him a second time by taking the bus. And he sees that Tony that as father gets arrested and we see it's a real funny scene where we see everyone getting arrested some guy gets shot in the leg everyone gets thrown in the paddy wagon including a clown <laughs> and they're selling suits it's it's a really it's it's a funny scene and he realizes his father was all meeting them almost paralleling what he's eventually going to do at Green Grove where all of his capos meet at Green Grove and get their parents in there he's uh and I think it's where that idea comes from, even though I don't think they connect the dots about it. But I'm glad that they did it on the show and just put it in there because I feel like it it makes a lot of sense that he go there with it with that plan. So he so he sees that and he goes back home. It's fun, and I love how Milfi's like your mother related to you in her moment of sorrow and go to her mother. Yes, your father got arrested because he because they pick on the Italians, right? And. And we ultimately get back to Milfie saying what Tony says his mother's, uh, oh, and then we get, we also got, uh, the scene where Livia talks about poking the fork in Tony's head and, and Milfie's like, looks at him like horrible memory. Well, she wasn't going to do it. She wasn't going to fucking do it actually and we get we get a bunch of new f- footage back and forth on this we see a scene also I just want to talk about all the flashback scenes we also see a scene in Tony remembering this about his mother about his father saying he wants to go out to Atlantic not Atlantic City Reno and get in on a scam in Reno with the guy that he beat up earlier that congratulates him when he gets home later in the night from getting arrested he wants to go into business with him out in Reno and Olivia goes on this whole big thing. I'll smother my kids before they go to Nevada and all, and all of that. And those are all big memories. And
1: it's, it sounds like from the memory, the, the way he's described to Tony, what it says is he wants to go out. Then he's trying to go straight. He says, he's going to open a supper club as I believe what he's,
0: yeah, he's going to run a supper club. What are you drunk? <laughs> and so
1: his goal, he wants to follow this guy Rocco out there to, to get him out of the city and to go. I, I think it's to, to be clean out there to not, you know, yeah, to And his, it's, it's, Nevada, so it's freaking crazy anyways, and who knows, he'd probably do something on the side, run numbers or something, but not where he's deep in the mafia like he is in New York.
0: Exactly. And or it's New Jersey. Rocco New or, Rocco Altori, I believe was his name. And, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it is uh, – an opportunity, because we later, when we find out later in the episode when he's talking to Olivia, but we'll get this. And uh, this is where we get into that whole scene that we already talked about, about people are, this is America. People have choices. How come I'm not fucking making pots in Peru? You're born to this shit. So, and then we get this other episode of Tony being petrified watching uh, Olivia and Olivia and Johnny Boy. And that's basically all the flashbacks. I kind of want to just group the final flashbacks all together, because there's a lot to the flashbacks. and. If you're watching this recap and you haven't seen it, it's it's really done well. And I think everyone that they cast in those flashbacks do extremely well to the point where at some points we this isn't the last we see of that. And they bring those people back. So that does come back eventually. And I wish that they I would have I wouldn't have minded if they did it yet did even more of that, or there was, yeah. if this was done now. not a lot
1: of it, okay? It looks like if you're watching this the first time, or if you're just hearing us talk about it, you'll think this happens an awful lot. It doesn't.
0: Exactly. People seem to it's say. It's the
1: most it ever happens at one time, certainly.
0: <laughs> How I Met, yep. Oh, people are talking about Meadow. Yes, she was in How I Met Your Mother as the Woo girl. Looked very hot in there. She was in Entourage doing Turtle as well. Yep, yep. She she dated the actor who played Turtle in real life. That's why she was on the show for, for a brief time, and hence why she left as well.
1: A couple of the things just about the flashback. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, he,
1: He does say afterwards that he's proud of his father. And if we didn't make this clear, all the guys brought their daughters to the thing. So it's again just showing what a shitty father that their father was, that he just took, he only took her there gave her a bunch of money and let her go so he could go in and do his numbers racket or whatever
0: else. Exactly, is. and it also shows the point that we are making earlier that everything his father does, Tony romanticizes, and everything right. that his mother does, he puts a little bit more sharper focus yeah. on how that fucked him up. He doesn't look at these things that they fucked him up, and he's not getting what Milfy's trying to play with him here about the parallel and how all of this is affecting him directly on his relationship with AJ. She, he can't, he keeps going back to it's no, it's my mother. It's my fucking mother. Right. Right. It's it, it it, people are like real. I didn't know that was real life. Her and Turtle so awkward. I I don't. I'm not sure. I think they were friends at first, and then they dated for a while. Uh, someone can check my math on that. Listen, Maybe she can. She can do better than Turtle in real life. Really, I want to say they really dated. I think she broke up with someone, and, and I were... want to
1: say she could do a lot better.
0: <laughs> I, I want to say she definitely could do. A, she. I mean, she could Vince it up if she really wanted. If we're playing the Entourage game. Fucking hey, dude! Especially late seasons, Meadow. Meadow gets Meadow gets better and better. Jamie oh. Ling Singer gets better and better looking. There's the that one show.
1: season where it comes back in episode one of that season when it happens, and she is just like. It's night and day. There's a switch has been clicked, yeah. and they're suddenly trying to work that angle. I want to
0: say no. it's season two and a three. It might be three and a four, but yeah, I know. What people you're who made. haven't
1: watched, we lose another character, and then they make her the way that she is. Right.
0: They make new. They make new Meadow, which is right. this, which is a far different person than original Meadow. Someone that do, does drugs. I know people grow up, but it's still a kind of a different character later on. And. And a little bit more accepting of things, a little more laid back, the one. And then there's that whole side story story with Tony and the boyfriend. But we'll get into all of that. Okay. So They
1: were watching – what was the show? Oh, they were watching the Ed Sullivan show and I wrote down they saw the Rascals. I thought it was good that they didn't – pick. they could have picked something way bigger than the Rascals for them to be watching, which would have seemed almost – I don't know, like forced at that point, like a typical Ed Sullivan show thing, but it was yeah. like a Rascals, something you've never seen before.
0: Yeah, they easily could have just picked the Beatles or something like that. Yeah, or,
1: or the Rolling Stones or the Doors or something like yeah. that. But they went for like a, a you know, a B band from that time. Period. Yeah, they,
0: they probably tried to knowing Dave Chase. They probably tried to size up when this was happening, what's the date of this, exactly, and, and who exactly. was on it at that particular night of that particular thing, just to get, just for consistency. Okay. Right. So then we fade up to Olivia working on a jigsaw puzzle in the living room. This is maybe my favorite scene of the whole entire episode. Junior's wearing a suit coming in and being like, oh, hey, hey, I didn't want another day to go without me saying hi to you. I have such headaches. Things are scary. And Olivia's like, oh, you scared me, Junior. And, and uh, you with all the headaches. And the other one, too. Who, Tony? And uh, she smiles because this is the scene where she really starts to play. Like the whole underbelly of this scene, it's not even in the underbelly. It's, it's right in the forefront. Is her fucking with Tony. She's pissed because he's going to the psychiatrist complaining about his mother because that's what people do when they go because he had it so rough. It's all my fault. And she's taking it so personally that he goes to a psychiatrist that well, – We didn't even mention that when AJ tells her she goes crazy because
1: in her head, it's not even the seeing a psychiatrist that he knows – she knows he's in there complaining about her. She can just she knows it sense it
0: yeah she just knows it she knows it and uh and so what sam says i love how livia just constantly owns junior oh my gosh she she really does she and as sam says she literally has him in his pocket the other one so livia yeah the the, that other one what the fuck so so and right on cue tony shows up right where because junior's like go easy on him he's still got a lot to learn but he's a good kid because Tim and Junior, relatively speaking, are in a good spot, I guess. But this is the one, again, one minor nitpick I'll put about the episode with consistency. Early in the episode, they got into a fight. There should have been a moment. I know Junior says something to the effect of he's got a lot to learn, but it maybe and maybe I'm I'm being way nitpicky. I think the line should have been something. Well, he could learn a little bit of respect to his elders. But he's getting there. Just some reference back to that other scene. Because he
1: definitely felt slighted by it when it happened.
0: Exactly. So it would have been good to see him bitch to Olivia a little bit about it. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Tony can, you know, he can overlook the people that he should give respect to a little bit. But he's overall a good guy. Go easy on him. But it made it seem like, oh, Tony's the best. And then when Tony shows up, I haven't seen you in forever. It just seems like. A scene was added added later. Maybe it was out It just doesn't all make sense. Or maybe a lot of time's supposed to have passed and we just don't know it. I, I don't know. I just feel like it would... For the sensibility of today's- No, because the next scene after that,
1: the back of the school with the psychiatrist. So right. it couldn't have been that much time. It could time. have been
0: that much time. So I, I guess I feel like that's a little uneven for the episode. Maybe that's a victim of in the 90s watching this in 1999. I wouldn't have given two shits about this. But the way people look at TV now and doing this, this no, thing- No
1: one was sitting there doing what the hell you and I are doing right now over a TV show. No, no, not at all. No <laughs> one did that where people had to dot all of their I's and cross all of their T's because there were people doing this about it. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Sopranos was one of the first transitional shows where you almost had to. And people also, to go with what Matt was saying earlier about the college episodes and the flashes got to this, this is be- way before people binged e- either. People were watching shows when they could watch it on television. Yeah, There wasn't even, D- like, I'm sorry to pl- play The Walking Through the Snow, but it wasn't really DVRs. People were recording things on VCR cassettes and shit and waiting for DVDs to come out later. I mean, it was just a different...
1: You weren't worried about spoilers because the next morning everyone had seen the show if they were going to see it at all. Because and if they people weren't, people out
0: watch it that night. Exactly. So, so T says Tony so has a
1: so football for me. I'm not watching it until next week. Like, it's on live TV. You're supposed to watch it. So I might be know. being
0: a little, I'm being a little nitpicky about that, but because in the moment it wouldn't bother me, but right now it right. bothered me a little bit because I look overlook into things. That's what we do here. You know, we right. could be called the overanalyzers here if that name wasn't taken. Okay, so we go to Olivia who just cracks. Yeah, my son's heading in the right direction to Overbrook State Mental Hospital as Livia just starts lording the psychiatrist shit over Tony it's in this so scene. Fu- I, like,
1: I, rewatching this again and seeing how fucked up she is with it and that she does it. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> Dear Phil, how many shits did give in the 90s? Yeah, exactly. It's very true. Livia is top dog of her family. There was a period. Wait a second. There's a period without DVR? question <laughs> mark. Yes, there was. It was horrible. It was horrible. The Pre-Tivo, pre-Tivo. Tivo was the first like DVR. I would say you guys on a... were only
1: invented because someone came up with the idea of Tivo.
0: Dude, seriously, I, like not to get. I'm not. Gonna, I'll stop here with this. But not to get too far down that line. But out of all of those things, I think I could deal with with everything else being the way it was, minus DVR. DVR is like so fucking essential. You don't know how much of a pain, it ass, pain in the ass it used to be to try to set up a fucking VHS, VCR to fucking tape mm-hmm. something on a timer. It may seem like a simple shit, but that shit never fucking worked. It was always a big pain in the ass. So I'm sorry. That's my- And you, if advice. you
1: didn't have the tape set the right length, like you meant to have a 2 hour were- tape and it was only like a 2 hour tape it was awful.
0: I know you were kidding, Sam. I'm kidding. I know. That was sp- I meant to read that in a sarcastic tone. You mean there was a period without DV? I know you know that. <laughs> oh, Mr. Sensitive now. Olivia's too cool. Yeah. Oh, you're being Mr. Sensitive now. I love I love how she just leads into this cuz Okay, so, while the Okay, so the scene continues. Junior leaves him and Tony say goodbye. And uh, you see what a good boy comes to see his mother. Olivia just sits there and gives him that like Olivia poker. And, and he
1: says to junior though, you can tell he's been thinking about the good times he had with Junior playing catch. Because he says we could catch up sometime. He has the smile on his face. He
0: loves his uncle Junior. And I forgot he, to mention he, that too. He's been thinking about it, you know. He references, and I think we all can relate to this that we had our big uncle, big cousin somewhere that you just have that magic feel about in the same way that Christopher probably looks at Tony. May, maybe even a less romanticized eventually. But, yeah, but he's a but he's an asshole to him. For he is days. an asshole to him and he was an asshole to him growing up too with the Tony Blondetto situation. But whereas Junior was always that crazy, wacky uncle. And you can see the way Tony says it. Again, James Gandolfini, such an excellent actor. The way he just looks, at the cam- looks away from the camera and goes, Uncle June. And the, just that, like, the warmth of which he says it. You can tell, like Matt, you're saying 100%, he just loves Junior. He really loves Junior. And especially because of everything he's been thinking. Sam says, my fingers hurt. Don't ever trust a stranger to do your nails. Oh, gosh, don't do that. Oh my! Unless it's in Better Call Saul, unless it's uh, in one of uh, Saul Goodman's office, <laughs> and it was uh, it was always blinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the VCR, and it was always blinking the time. Yes, it was always blinking the fucking time. It was horrible. Sorry. I'm remembering the fucking dark ages of less than 20 years ago. Fucking some shit, 20, 30 years ago. Okay. So, yeah, no, less than less than 50. Who am I kidding? Technology's fucking happened fast. No, because
1: even after, even after DVDs came out, you couldn't record shit with them in the beginning. No, so the no. It's like a bunch of years. So you still, still needed a VCR to do that stupid shit.
0: Exa- I forgot about that, the fact that you kept your VCR there so you could record fucking yeah. – but whatever show that when you're out. Okay, so, so Tony comes in and starts hanging out with them as they shuffle into the dining room. Tony asks Livia if she remembers the alteraries. She kind of asks her about the situation. How, how come your dad wanted to go with him? Tony asks meaningfully, Livia doesn't take the bait. Your father? No. I never heard of a situation like that. Tony said, I heard you talking about it. How, and this is where she goes, how, your father, when was your father going to do anything that he didn't really want to do? And, he, and Tony's just getting all worked up and he says, Tony comes around, stands in front of her and says, or she goes, what's with all these questions? And Tony says, dad wanted to go with him and you wouldn't let him. Let him, you mean me? You mean, like, when did your father not do exactly what he wanted to do? And Tony says, I don't know. And maybe this was his chance to get out. Dad was no choir boy, but maybe with a little bit of support. And this is the line that, they were, that, uh, that Peterman was referring in the chat, the real Peterman. Okay, Mr. Sensitive now. As as she just again You're sitting there. We we often Joe and I often like to talk about this and Matt is right with us on this with the poker stuff. It's like Livia's sitting there with a fucking royal four of a kind and you know the person has the flush. You're just sitting there smiling like I know you have the four Go ahead. Talk your talk like she knows Tony just hit the nut flush and Tony Mm -hmm. is smiling like, you know, I got you, Olivia. I got you. And she's just sitting there like, you don't know what I have, Tony. Shut your fucking mouth. You are digging. Amazing. You are digging your grave. Look at these four fours. K- Kogan, one of our friends, Kogan, did this to me once at your house on the uh, the the, uh, the total and cheese night. I got an ace high fucking fucking flush. I was so happy. I was like dancing in the pavement. No, it was actually he had a royal flush. He had a straight flush. And I'm like dancing, acting like, aha, I got you, Kogan. You're acting like an asshole. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you on this one, Zach. I got you. And then Zach just like lays it down nice and calm. Straight flush, bitch. Like, I knew you had it. And that's what Livia does in this situation. She cogens me here where she just slaps it right across my face and goes and goes, uh, what? What are you going to do? Why don't you, you? Maybe you should talk to a psychiatrist about it. Well, if it bothers you, talk to a psychiatrist. And just he just it like that. And she takes his, he takes it down. What are you talking about, psychiatrist? That's what people do when they look for someone to blame for their life, isn't it? Tony gets in her face and says, you're a real stone player, Ma, aren't you? You threaten to smother his children. And she's the look on her face, the smile that she gets of this whole situation is just so fucking delicious. Well, that's not Listen, a-
1: listen to how Phil talks about her. Oh god! Her smile of this old, decrepit-looking woman is fucking delicious. <laughs> it's
0: fucking just- delicious. You know, everyone thought Dad was the ruthless one, but I gotta hand it to you. If you've been born before, uh, born after those feminists, you'd be the real gangster. Yeah. Oh gosh! He smiles, but he eyes hate for her. She steps forward and snares and does the best Livia thing she always does with this smile. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And like I almost wanted to say the oh god what I'm blanking on what this is from. No, it's the Walter White line. Breaking Bad spoiler for a second here. Hank. If I'm who you think I am. If I'm what you what you claim that you say that you think I am, which I'm not. Mind you I'm not. Don't you think you should tread lightly? <laughs> like, she, yeah. like, I almost wanted her to say that line. No, I don't know what you're talking about, Tony, but if I am some stone gangster, you might want to watch your mouth in front of me right now. Something to that effect. I like come back, but that's not Livia's style. Walter needs to need you to know he's one-upping you, whereas, whereas uh, Livia, Livia doesn't care about that. She's, she's happy just basking in his impotence right there in the moment of Tony being like, uh, 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 uh. Oh gosh!
1: She said though before he brings up, Dad wanted to go out there. She says they're millionaires now that they went out there and made. Yeah, I it forgot 40.
0: to mention that they made millions in that in that deal. Mm. Okay, so great, great Livia stuff. I can't. I could can just talk about Livia. Um, Livia Heisenberg. Yeah, says, we Sim. can all tell. Real Peterman says, Aw- "Awesome Livia impression, Phil." <laughs> I was. I'm treading on it. Sometimes I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Uh, I'll, I'm trying not to kill it too much. I love her so much. It's it's out of uh, out of respect and admiration. Okay, so we get into our. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at where this scene ends up going, where we get the doctor giving the results to Tony and Carmela. Okay, AJ, the test results were interesting, uh, Mr. Matt. Okay, your son had had five of. Uh, okay, well you need he needs to result in six of nine, six, six of nine, and mm-hmm. and ultimately he had five. Five. Okay. So he doesn't have ADD. No, no, no. He's he's a, he's a uh, what do they call him? A, a, a on the cusp case or something. Now the good news, he has five. Carmel is like, oh my God, five. Is, this is so horrible. And, and then she starts re- reading like what his problems are. He can't wait his turn. He acts like he's on the go all the time. He seems driven by a motor. He interrupts or interrupts others. He fidgets with his hands or feet. And that puts Tony over the fucking edge. <laughs> the fidget. <laughs> fidget? Wait, wait a second. Okay, so first, Tony totally does what AJ's accused of here. He interrupts in the middle. He goes, wait. Wait, I just got to ask. And I can totally. These are those moments where Tony Soprano is the voice of America. And I hate to right. say it because they eventually David Chase kills that. Because he he's like, people don't get. When David Chase gets all David Chase of himself, he's like, people don't get it. Tony's a bad guy. I don't want right. people to relate to Tony. And that's why he kills the Milfy stuff and he turns Tony into a different person in the last season, you could argue, or that Tony was driven to this. Whatever. I point specifically to the Tony and Hash episode in the last season to show how they made Tony into a completely different person or he's got grown paranoid with power. But but it's just in this moment right here, Tony and in several moments in the early first four seasons of The Sopranos, Tony is the voice of America, of David Chase ragging like the Archie Bunkerness of it all in a sense. And just like fidget. Fidget, wait. You mean he fidgets? Yes. Wait. You mean he fidgets? No. And the guy starts to continue. He goes, No, wait, could you could you tell me what's the line? Could you define a fidget?
1: Yeah, and he starts like naming stuff. Is this a fidget? And like, oh, is that a fidget? And then like, what is a fidget? That's what's amazing.
0: He's just come on, it's a fucking fidget. And who doesn't fit? He goes. He's school. He fidgets in school. He's thirteen years old. He gets a hard hit. He gets a hard on every ten minutes. For Christ's sake, he's a he's a borderline case. And Tony just goes off on a rant. He's a thirteen-year-old boy, and that's the trouble with shrinks. They turn every little problem into a disease. He fucked up. He's gonna be punished. Done deal. And he gets up, and you gotta say, Carmella is- I thought Carmella
1: was gonna put up such a fight
0: right there. Yep, but no, Carmella, Carmella and probably the second most surprising thing that happens in the episode, the next one we'll get into uh, that happens in the very next scene, but the, the second most surprising thing in the episode, Carmella totally defends Tony. She goes, I think he's right, and I think we don't have to pay for this, and go fuck yourself. I- that's where you get to the point where their relationship makes sense. Everything about Tony and Carmelo, you could be like, oh, he's always cheating on her. He's always this. He's always that. Why is she with him? What's the attraction? The attraction is a core. He probably cracks her up. And he says the shit that she wants to say in those moments. and And he's just... She almost looks, not looks up, yeah, looks up to him in the sense of that he's not afraid. She mentions it in another episode. I've took in Spanish for fucking six years. Uh, we go to Puerto Rico, I think it is. They talk about it. Maybe they go to Mexico or something. And Tony, who's never spoken a word, is communicating with everybody. I can't communicate with everybody. She, like, looks up to him in that way. Like, he has a s- sense of charisma and understanding that she doesn't have. And I, I want to say she, like... Up silently applauds Tony in this moment for telling this fucker off, and kind of just gives. an I, she's really supportive of her husband, and I we give her. I give her a lot of shit. She awesome move by Carmela here. So we go to the most unrealistic moment of the episode. Tony on the Nordic track. Yeah, they totally eliminate Tony working out after season one. Yeah, and he's watching. Is this the whole end of the episode? Okay, yes. He starts watching the uh, History Channel battleship as it sinks off, and we see AJ doing his homework and getting all sad. And and he says, You're ground. He goes, I'm depressed. And he goes, No, you're not depressed. You're sad because you fucked up and now you're being punished. You're not depressed. But I am depressed. And he leaves AJ off to do his homework, and Tony goes in the kitchen to make Sundays. And then right there, as he's starting to make the Sundays, the music for Go- "Don't Al- Don't Ask Alice" kicks in again, and he starts making the sa- making the Sunday. And we get this like parallel between him and AJ. And he AJ walks over to him and goes. Can I have what are you doing? Making Sundays. Can I have one? And he gives them a Sunday. And they both make Sunday, get sprinkles and MMs and blah, 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 blah. And uh they put
1: cream in each other's mouth. It's very homoerotic.
0: Yeah. Yes, it's a it's a really exciting moment that they put cream, cold cream in each other's mouth. Mm-hmm. It's it's exceptionally hot. And uh, oh, do we have a did someone just try to call? If someone just tried to call into the show, uh, we're getting ready to wrap up a please call back. I noticed at the last minute, my uh the ringer wasn't up. I am now officially open the phone line. So if you want to try to get a call in before we call it a night, please do. Let's jump in the chat too. And that's the end of our episode. Let's jump in the chat to pop up a couple more questions. <laughs> the Livia Heisenberg stuff seems to have popped up. Livia, Cersei, Quark, or Cookie Bitch. Livia and Cookie Bitch, fuck. Sam says, I don't know Quark or Cookie Bitch, but Livia and Cersei would be an interesting pair as well. Game of Thrones is our.